They say that in the Navy. They say that in the Navy. The coffee's mighty fine. The coffee's mighty fine. It looks like muddy water. It looks like muddy water. It tastes like turpentine. It tastes like turpentine. Hey everybody, DM Biter here with Commander PhD and I'm more than you. Uh, talking about leadership and trials, tribulations from his past and upcoming things. And you wanna have anything you wanna say? Yeah, uh, how about you have a little gusto and energy when you introduce me? This sounds like you are just being put through this. You should be happy that I am taking time out of my day to come work with you. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate it. It's just... Yeah, today's just like one of those days, just not really, like haven't had my, you know, six cups of coffee that I usually need to kind of keep, keep going at my normal state. Uh, do you have any, like, I guess, like impromptu leadership advice to kind of... I do, okay? And the thing is, is I'm a commander, all right? And PhD, we, everybody knows that. And what it sounds like is what we call in the military happiness, we call it morale. It sounds like your morale is kind of low. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, so that sounds like a personal problem to me, okay? So I'm going to need you to start showing some gusto, start showing some smiles, and be a little happier around here because you are impacting me and our listeners. And like I already said, morale is a personal issue. Uh, uh, okay, I will... I guess take that on board. It's not not really what I'm used to as far as, you know, previous leadership and everything. But, you know, everyone's got their own leadership style. And everybody that doesn't agree is wrong. So let's, let's take this from the top again, all right? Hey, everybody. I'm Commander PhD, and I'm here to go ahead and give you guys some leadership lessons. See? That's how you do it. Oh, well, all right. Last time that we talked, you covered the new check-in process for the new sailors that are coming into your command, but there's been a lot of differences that I've noticed that the military kind of has a weird way of handling new people that are different than the civilian world. Well, I mean, if it was the same, we, we wouldn't be here, right? Like, my goal is to help others achieve my level, so that's to be expected. It, achieve your level, like, to be commissioned? Uh, I don't think that that's a realistic goal. I don't think that everybody is up to the extreme physical stress that a job like mine puts on your body. But just to hopefully be a little bit better. Maybe, like, go join the ROTC, but not actually cut it, you know. But try. So, so your goal is to just kind of inspire people to... Be like me. But not actually be like you. I don't want to set the bar to a point. If people were trying to be actually like me, I, th I think that there would probably just end up being a lot of mass suicides throughout the nation because like people would their dreams would just fall short constantly. But if they try to be like me because of where their low standard already is, they'll be at least a little happier. That is a horrible thing to say. Uh, it's, a, it's a real thing to say. And there's a term that I started coining uh, back when I came into the Navy it's the truth hurts so this is where that kind of fits in i don't think uh, i mean i've i've heard that before yeah but. i coined it it's it's a big thing like everybody says it now because i started saying it uh, okay i mean i guess whatever gets i guess whatever gets your name out there and people inspired yeah uh, speaking of inspiration have you uh 
How's work been for you lately? I know it's been a little while since we've last talked. Yeah, so work actually has been going great. Um, of course, obviously. So there's this exercise that's coming up, and a few different nations are going to be playing in it. And it's, it's really exciting. Uh, because of that, our workload has increased. And part of that's because the preparing for this, I've started coming into work an hour late, and then it wears me out because I've been sleeping in a little too late, so I start leaving an hour early. And because of the exercise and then ipso facto my new schedule, we don't have enough manpower for my work to be done. So I went and got a new, uh, well not new, but a reserve lieutenant and a reserve AG1. Uh, so it's been really great being able to, for the now six hours a day that I stay at work, it's been really great for me to be able to mentor and help them. Wait, wait, so you've, you've shortened your work day yeah, for an I, exercise that's coming up. Yes. And because you've shortened your work day, you're now required to have two additional people well, no, I mean, that's, yes, but no. So there, I, if I hadn't have shortened my workday, there would be an increase of work. But because I've also shortened it, now there, it's like there's double the increase of work. So I had to get a lieutenant because I had to get an officer because as we've already started to see enlisted don't really think for themselves. So I needed to get an officer to think for them, and then I needed one more enlisted to help do my work. Okay, uh... That's probably just a military thing. I'm, I'm probably just trying to think too much into it. I mean, it's it's real simple. I had a lot to prepare. It became just a little too much, so I stayed a little late one night. So then I slept in. So I came to work late, but because I got too much sleep, I left early, and then it's just it's a whole thing. Off. It's it's a whole thing. So tell me about these uh, reservists, the LT and the. You said it was an AG one. Yeah, it's another AG1. So, but not unlike Adams, uh, I had a lot to do, uh, a lot of work to do with this new AG1. So, there's this commander, um, I, can never, I can never remember his name, but, you know, commander such and such, whatever. He's an intel commander, and he needed some METOC help, like everybody in the Navy does. He needed some METOC help. So, he asked me, he sent me an email that said, okay, can you please put this and this together? So... I asked the new AG1, I asked him to do my work for me. So he did it and he printed it out and I was pretty surprised because reservists are usually known for some pretty pathetic work. But Aren't they, like they're in the military Yeah, still. but they're pathetic. Um, so anyway, he did surprisingly like really good work. Uh, even for an active duty sailor, he did really good work. And he, he had printed it out and at the same time that he came and uh, knocked at my door, waited for me to say, come in. Uh, at the same time that all this was happening, I got a little notification saying that he emailed the uh, br brief to me. That sounds like a very surprisingly professional sailor. But professionalism will only get you so far. You have to be intelligent, too. So... It's his, it's his, like, second, third day at, at this point, you know, and he, he, anyway, I invite him in, we go through the whole thing of what we've explained about proper procedure, he goes through it all and hands me the brief, looked great, uh, he said, I emailed it to you so that you have a soft copy, is there anything else I can do to help you, and the smile I was wearing fell off my face, because, I mean, 
what what would you do if somebody does your work for you and then says is there anything else i can do to help you and then just stands there i well if the work was done i'd probably say thank you and it wasn't done uh he did not finish the job at all he still had to take the brief to the commander well, he said he, he emailed it yeah but i wanted him to have a hard copy of it so he had to take it oh did you was that outlined in like, yeah i had just you... i just told him like during this conversation well, that, while he was in your office yeah i just told him so he knew that he had to do it so he gets a little flushed and he tells me he doesn't know where it's at so excuse train here it comes right so how would you handle that somebody does a surprisingly good job but doesn't finish it by not delivering it and then comes up with an excuse on that they don't know where to go how would i handle that yeah i want to know how you would handle it i'd probably just try to give them i guess directions on like where to take it and thank them i'm a problem solver but the thing is is i need my sailors to be a problem solver i'm not going to solve that problem for him so he asked how to get there okay and i told him figure it out it's not my problem it's it's his problem he had to know how to get there not mine but this was your task that you gave to him so if he fails at it it reflects a failure and it reflects poorly on you on him because he failed at the task so, he, so, so you have this, so nothing falls back on me then. Well, I mean, in a little bit, we'll cover on how the commander really liked the brief, and uh, because of that and a couple other things, I got put in for an award. Of course, you did. Yeah. So anyway, he asks, and I, I finally get a little frustrated with him because it, it's not that hard to figure out where to go. I mean, I know he's been there for just like a day or two, but it's not that hard. It's just across the compound. It's pretty easy. So I finally, I kind of snap. And I, I, I said, I was like, look, AG1, it's simple. All you have to do is go up the stairs to the main floor, and then you have to go out the door, across the plaza, go under the pavilion, but don't go through the pavilion. And then you need to make a right, and then, but make sure you don't make a full right. It needs to be a half right. Walk through a large glass door that's on the left. And when you get through the glass door, go down through the elevator, walk past the th- second elevator, take the stairs to the third basement, don't go all the way to that next elevator, and then stop at the door because those are where the offices are, and you're gonna be in the basement that's all he had to do like I'm it's gonna be, so frustrating i'm gonna be completely honest with you all i understood of that was pavilion take like three rights don't take a right take a left but not a right yeah and I, i'm effectively lost no i mean you just explained it you explained it i mean except you well did you go through the second set of glass doors though no you said don't go through the glass doors no that were do on the go right. through the second set of glass doors yeah, see, I'm lost. Okay. I I mean, I could probably get it if you let me write it down, but... Right. I don't have time for people to write it down. Like, this brief, it was 9.30 in the morning, and he needed that brief before lunch. I don't have time for him to t- write it down. This was a hot tasker. It needed to be done. It sounds like there's, like, two and a half hours. Two, oh. two and a half hours. No, it needed to be done right now, because I said so. So, oh, anyway, he kind of leaves right like he finally realizes that he kind of looks like a moron and that he's going to go figure it out like i had asked him to the first time so he leaves and then i i remembered i'd forgot to tell him some directions so i stop him and say agent one hold on god more directions i I say take the stairs all the way to the top then once you're at the main floor there's a there's a skywalk 
You walk across the skywalk and take an elevator at the other end. The elevator goes straight down and be in the office that you need to deliver it. That sounds so much easier. Yeah, it, it really is. That's why I told him about it. Well, why wouldn't why wouldn't you lead in with that? He he can't go through the skywalk. It's for officers only. Wait, so then why would you tell him about it? Well, I wanted to know that he had a second option. But that's not an option because he's enlisted. I take it all the time. But you're not enlisted. Well, I but I have two options. I can take the skywalk or I can take the other way. <sighs> so I just wanted... It's just that I wanted him to know that I am looking out for his well-being and that he had two options. He could take the skywalk or the other way. Even though he can't take the skywalk. He can take the skywalk. I gave that him the option. He just needs to commission to take it. Or have an officer escort him. Oh, so you are you? Did you escort him then to take the skywalk? Uh, no, I was busy. There was a major exercise going on, and I had already wasted the first hour of work. So now I only had five hours left to do my job. That was going to take about eight hours. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so I'm not saying that. I now realize how how like, foolish that would be. It's like pulling teeth with you, but I'm glad you're there. So he leaves, and I turn to my computer, log in, tap, 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 and. I'm hit with like this tidal wave of depression because it's just so simple. I don't know how else to put it. It's like working with a sponge. All of them. Aren't sponges used in a matter of like a good thing where they just soak up? Yeah, but they're dumb. So I decide, you know what? AG1 Wallace and even sometimes AG1 Adams, they're pretty, like, they, they, sometimes they pull through for me. So I decide I'm going to go see what they're doing. Okay. So I walk out to go look upon my kingdom of cubicles, the the four cubicles. That's a kingdom? Yeah, it's okay. my kingdom. And okay. uh, Adams, cruising open source news websites. Okay. Wallace on social media. I was livid. Livid, I tell you. So I just, AG1, my office, now. Just take a guess what happened. Um, they both turned around to see who you were looking at? Both of them just stood up. Saw that both of them stood up and sat back down. Does that sound familiar? Yes, it does. I don't, I don't, I don't get how they're not learning from their mistakes here. Obviously, I only wanted one of them, not both of them. Well, did you tell was, them you, not you? Well, so I was angry. So I didn't really have time to go through like and be like... A, you know a loving coach and leader that that's definitely a word yeah so i just pointed at wallace and i said you my office and walked back into my office and sat down okay wallace strolls in no knock walks in like he just had this open invitation just you waltz on in you invited him but he's my subordinate so he needed to not we've already covered this so anyway he walks in and i kind of just sit back in my chair and he's standing there and I, I look at him and go don't sit down he looks around the office like he's trying like oh there's a chair in here I didn't even see it please I know he was eyeing it the second he walked into my office and he's just staring at it like man I just wish I could sit down so I, I denied him what he wanted took that right away yeah because I'm, I'm a good leader um, so I asked him I was like did you want I'm not in the best mood right now, and I really need you to kind of uh, 
give me a pickup here. Could you tell me what it is that you think we do? And he said, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a, an accurate answer. Yeah, but he didn't tell me what it is that he thinks that he does. Well, no, you asked if he could. Yeah. So anyway, then I say, okay, can you please just tell me what it is you think that he does? And he says something like, we analyze the environment from the bottom of the ocean to the top of the atmosphere. We package it up in the form of whatever way the customer wants, and we hope we can help the United States analyze and effectively use the climate and the weather to their advantage. It sounds pretty good to me. I'll be honest with you, my anger kind of went away when he said that, because I was happy that he was wrong. What? I was happy that he had got the, such an easy question wrong, because it gave me an opportunity to lead. So so I understand getting joy from the opportunity to lead, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know if joy in the instance where one of your subordinates is wrong is the right response. I mean, in the end, it's still joy, so does it matter? feel like it should i don't know well let's focus on the next bit okay so what i said to him i can remember it vividly because i memorized it i thought once i said it i was like this is good this is so good so i wrote it down because i i figure you know two or three hundred years people listen to this podcast and look at my military rank or i'm sorry not rank my service and probably there'll probably be I don't know, four or five New York Times bestsellers written about me. And what I wrote down, I can already see, will be the opening quote to my to my biographies. Well, so two things with that. Okay. Uh, one, you told another first class that he, there was no time to write anything down because he had to go deliver this report. Right. And now you're having an impromptu leadership discussion after which you wrote something down. Well, so the they kind of fall into one thing. The reservist didn't have time because he had to go do my work. I had time because he was doing my work. So since he was doing my work, I had all the time that I needed. It's it's what uh, in the military we call it delegation, where we have somebody else do your work so that you can just sit around and do whatever you want. Okay, and then second thing, uh huh. Um, is there like an like a pending accomplishment or something that you think people are going to write books about you in 200 years other than my birth? Yes, yes, other than your birth. Um yeah, there's a lot of things. My I mean, I imagine that the book will probably cover my first love, my high school graduation, my acceptance into college, my PhD, my uh, becoming an ensign, my becoming a lieutenant junior grade, my got becoming it, a lieutenant... No, I'm not done. My becoming a lieutenant commander, my becoming a commander, my becoming a captain, my oh becoming my an admiral. You see where I'm going? Yeah. Like, all those things will probably be, like, the accomplishments that people will write down in books. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, I wrote down, because I think this will be the quote at the front of my book. <clears throat> Are you ready? I guess so. <clears throat> we scour the earth and her environment from the crust of the earth to the bottom of the stratosphere for air particles. We watch the ocean's breast rise and fall with the passing of waves. We spin hurricanes like children spin tops. 
We bake mesoscale cumulus clouds until they are mighty cumulonimbus clouds. We analyze weather. We are weather. What? That, that's what I said to him. When he, when he gave his really pathetic answer about we analyze the environment from the bottom of the ocean, I said the other thing. I, mean, I, I guess both sound right. Yours. Did you hear, did you hear what I said? Yeah, no, I, I heard no, it. No, okay, so I said, we scour yeah, no, no, the no, earth I, I heard, and I her it. environment yeah, no, I, from the crust yeah, no, of I the... It. I, I heard it. Yeah, so you, you heard the difference then. Well, I mean, you... Yes, yes, There, there's quite the difference there. Yeah, but because we scour... Yeah, got it. Scour the, the crust to the stratus ionospheres with no, no, air no, no, particles no. and... The earth... To the bottom of the stratosphere. That's I, that's what I said. I said stratosphere. Uh, you said ionosphere. Uh, it's, it's up there. Okay, so anyway, the point is, is obviously, as you can tell, like, your mind right now is mixing up such a simple concept. He was starstruck. Like, he stood in front of me, like, Boy George himself had just walked out. Who's Boy George? The greatest singer of all time. From what? Okay, obviously your mind's just a little frozen by what I had just said. So he was just kind of starstruck. Now, obviously at this point I'm pretty angry, right? Clearly. At Adams, because Adams didn't hear. Wait, Adams is at his desk. Right, and I was mad because Adams was should have heard that. Adams should have known that he needed to be in there. But you didn't ask him to be there. Look. I'm a commander and I have a PhD. I'm going to say prophetic things all of the time. And I can't be held accountable for making people be around whenever I am spewing tier one, top-notch philosophical insight. It is their job to make sure they are around me. And I was furious that Adams had missed that. That How dare he? Exactly. So I tell Wallace, get Adams in here now. He opens my door and just says, Hey, Adams, can you come here? Infuriating. He just did what you asked him to do. He just opened the door and shouted out across the way for him to come in. It's 15 feet. If that, that's my point. Is it that hard to get up from the office and leave to go talk to people? I do it all the time. Every time I come into work, I have to walk that additional 15-ish feet to my office. He can do it once in his life. So anyway, he calls out. Adams saunters in. Do you want to guess what Adams is doing? Uh, Hands are in his pockets. Oh, that's a thing. That's right. Yeah. It's a thing that he's a soup sandwich. That's the thing. It just doesn't work. It does not work. But he comes in, and I tell him that I'm very disappointed in him, that he didn't hear my, my speech from earlier. And he asks what speech i don't i don't understand what you're talking about and so i said to him well is it meteorologists we scour the earth yeah, and no, her we, environment we, we, we from the cr- yeah, we but he ha- he didn't hear it yeah but you could say you just told them we already heard it but he didn't hear me say we scour yeah, no, but, the- we, but we did we okay, did okay all right so anyway it, it, it's a really good line i don't understand like they probably want to hear it more who i'm just the listeners they, they can rewind I just think it's a really good line and they would like to hear it again I, if they want to they can rewind it okay. it's, it's, it's in there okay fine whatever 
Uh, so anyway, I ask him, Adams, like, what do you think being a meteorologist is? What's he say? It. Hold on to your seat, okay? He said, and I'm quoting, "Sir, we are filler for bad first dates." <laughs> what? Is that funny to you? Yeah. I mean, okay. If it's funny, why? What does that even mean? It's like a, like you're going on like a date and just not like, like things aren't like connecting or meshing well, and it's default to talking about the weather. Do you know AG1 Adams? At this point, I feel like I kind of do. I, what I'm asking is, did you call him? Because that's almost exactly what he said. I feel like you guys might be trying to like set me up, like on no. candid camera or something. No, in, in what way? I would have no idea how to get in touch with well, him. Because look, what he said back to me is, he said, when a first date is failing, a couple's going to find out that they don't have anything to talk about, and so they're going to be stuck in a car or at dinner or whatever, and one of them will predictably say crazy weather we're having or the weather's been really great or think it's gonna rain so in other words he thinks that as meteorologists our job is for when people can't get along and can't do basic human functions that our job is to just fill empty awkward silence uh, i mean i'm sure that's that's not what he like literally means but he does bring up a point no, the point is that as meteorologists, we scour okay, please, the... Please don't. We, we, we've covered that. Okay. All right. Okay. We've covered So, okay. Look. So, anyway, Adam says that and looks over at Wallace. Wallace, whose hands are now magically in his pocket, looks over at him and raises an eyebrow. The eyebrow basically is like... Bro, dude, home slice. Like, totally. Like, dude, bro, I don't even, like, know, man. But I, did, he didn't say anything. No, that that's like how enlisted people talk to each other because they're uneducated, so they don't really know how to formulate proper sentences. So that's basically what he said. But you've heard them all speak. Yeah, but I know how they speak to each other. Because I'm cool, so I understand, like, how they speak to each other. I, like, I speak hip. You know, hip. Yeah, like hip and happening. Like I speak that. Oh, right, because you're with it. Yeah, obviously I'm with it. So, anyway, at about this time, the reservist came back. Um, he he had gone, and he, I guess, according to him, asked somebody for directions, and they gave him directions. And actually, this made me, I guess, just like a little worried for our naval force. Somebody actually went out of their way to take him there that's nice no if we can't if our sailors can't be independent then we'll never be a success so they all they're doing is enabling him to fail by okay. taking him there well isn't like the whole thing like teamwork camaraderie like uh no the navy's core values are honor courage and commitment not that doesn't say anything about teamwork or camaraderie what's so like to have honor is to do things like make sure that you volunteer for MWR and are a part of like the the different associations because then you have the honor to make sure that you have a bullet point on your eval and then the courage is to do things like if somebody is showing up and not doing the the right thing to tell on them so that they will lose a bullet point for their eval 
Oh, and then commitments just to stay and continually do that. Because as long as you're following honor and courage, then you will have the commitment to eventually make rank. That's that's what honor, courage, and commitment means. I, I always thought those were up for like interpretation, but if that's the definition, then I think there's it's the there's a lot more like definition. It sounds like there's a lot more of like backstabbing each other and trying to get like a leg up on one another. Not so much in the officer ranks because our in the officer and I'll go into this later with uh, my superior whose name is a uh, commander. I'm going to die alone because I'm unlovable. Uh, I'll go more into my relationship with her and how officers move into rank in another time. But from the enlisted, it's not so much like the backstabbing as it is like kind of, it's almost like courting somebody. You want them to be your friend. You want them to come over. And so then they trust you. So then you can just absolutely annihilate them in your own way. Well, and I'm, take their 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 advancement. That's the way that enlisted hand. God, man, I'm so glad I'm not not involved with that. I'm. It's it's fun, you know. Like it's fun because you get to go to no, like no, sometimes that doesn't sound no because like sometimes the enlisted will do this thing where like they'll have like a cookout. Okay. And you get to go to that cookout, and then you can write down like I helped for one hour at a cookout, and that means that your eval has a fun little thing to it, and that that's cool. Isn't that just like a social thing? Yeah, but you get to put it because it, it looks good for advancement. So what you're telling me is anything that people do to try to like get along with each other always have ulterior motives to get like a leg up? Yeah, absolutely. Because to advance in the Navy, there's an exam that tests your professional knowledge. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. What matters is how many cookouts have you gone to? How many times have you helped your chief wash their car? How many times have you volunteered at command parties? Like how many breakfast burritos have you sold? Right. How many times have you aggressively yelled breakfast burritos for sale to people that are half asleep just trying to go to work? The more times you've yelled that, the more likely you are to be advanced. And that's... it. it I know it sounds superficial, but it makes sense because if think about it this way, if you're walking to work at say six in the morning, okay, and someone is just screaming at you while shaking like little things of tin foil, saying breakfast burrito, breakfast burrito, you think you'll remember them? Like yeah, but not in a good way. But then you eat the burrito and you say, oh, this aggressor forced a burrito on me, and I gave some of my hard-earned money to him. Because he did it for the Navy, I want him to advance. That's that's the ideology of it. it see what I'm saying? It makes a lot of sense. Okay, so it's basically like if you sell a lot of burritos, then you rank up. It's not just about the burrito sales, though. It's also about making sure that you go to like the club meetings. Club meetings? Yeah, where they go and they, they, they talk about club stuff. Like what? Um... Well, so, for example, AG1 Adams told me he went to a meeting once and they talked about whether or not uh, the plaques that they give out as gifts should be six inches in height or eight inches in height. Uh, they, they talk about things like that. That sounds horribly boring. Also, it sounds like it could have just been done over an email. Well, if it had been over an email, then people wouldn't have been able to put in their thoughts on the two the two inch difference. And, like, there wouldn't have been the really good... 30 or 45 minute discussion about 
like it, who deserves more about two inches yeah so what if they're talking that much about two inches i think there's some bigger issues or well, s- smaller issues what, what it came to is this is what adams told me at the end of this one is if you everybody gets six inches from the navy but if you want to get the full eight inches from the navy you just have to pay for a little bit and then the navy will give you its full eight inches and it's like it's a really nice plaque like it's on like this really nice oak finish and it's well polished so you have to think about it like do you want six inches of navy wood or eight inches of navy wood and it's probably worth like the 150 dollars they charge you said 150 dollars yeah, uh, hundred and fifty dollars. Um, because so normally, as I was trying to say, you get the six-inch plaque for free by just paying your normal monthly dues that are about hundred and fifty dollars. And then if you want to take the eight inches, you can pay an additional hundred and fifty at the end of your tour there. So after you've paid paid a, roughly a thousand dollars, you can pay an additional hundred and fifty for eight inches. This is like people are paying this out of pocket, like their own money. I don't like to think of it as their own money because, as you know, the Department of Defense's paychecks are uh, funded by the taxpayer. So I don't like to think of it as the taxpayer, or I prefer to think of it as the taxpayers paying for it, not themselves. It's like a gift that every single American is giving to the service members. Okay, so every John Doe who's flipping burgers at a fast food restaurant, who's being responsible with their money, working like 60 hours a week is paying their taxes which is then paying your paychecks yeah so you can go and buy gifts for one another yeah it's a way of us saying you know so i can go to my peers and a first class can go to their peers and so on and just say hey you put your life on the line for our country and you know not everybody has to be in a combat role there are risks to people that have desk jobs carpal tunnel is a real issue and they put their life on the line and their wrists on the line and so we give each other plaques by to say thanks for all of the bodily harm that you endure i feel like you guys should be i feel like you guys should be giving thanks to all the john does flipping burgers because they're the ones that are really paying for these things with carpal tunnel oh god so we get carpal tunnel um erectile dysfunction okay um, obesity we get those things for john doe that's flipping burgers and and i think that's good that'll resonate with a lot of the listeners speaking of our listeners we still have the email account hc squared podcast at gmail.com for you to send any questions that you may have we're also using anchor uh, where you can kind of like avoid avoid record wait wait are you are you doing the sign off we're also using Anchor, where you can record a voicemail. I didn't get to do the pulling the thread. You started to sign off without telling me I didn't get to do pulling the thread. No, I, I and that now, was... for pulling the thread, this is what forecasting was about. Walking with gods, playing god, what? becoming god. What? That's, what, that's what you think weather is? I know, I'm a weather... Okay, you can go do the sign off now. Uh, H squared podcast at gmail.com. Use the anchor app, record a voicemail. Uh, that, that's that's pretty much the sign off. But but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I you know I appreciate all the listens that you guys are putting out there, and I hope that we're able to, you know, kind of 
facilitate some conversation uh, with you guys with Commander PhD. I know more than you. Uh, any questions that you guys might have, you know, we're looking forward to to getting those questions and kind of starting a more open dialogue. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Hey, everybody. It's a uh, Commander PhD. I know more than you. So DM Biter just stepped out, and I was trying to read something to you guys earlier um, that I think you probably wanted to hear again, and he wasn't letting me. So he stepped out but left all of his recording equipment. So I'm taking this chance to give you guys what I know that you truly want. So as meteorologists, we scour the Earth and her environment from the crust of the Earth to the bottom of the stratosphere. Are you reading? No, no I was just, it was no on, and I was just trying, I was just, no, I was just trying to turn it 